Hey, Kev, it's time to record a new Smodcast. Fuck off. I'm listening to one of the other great shows on the Smodcast Podcast Network. Scott? There's so many to choose from. You damn skip it. There's so many to choose from. I'm on five every week myself, man. Uh, Hollywood Babylon on Monday. Smodcast with you on Tuesday. Jane, Silent Bob, Get Old on Wednesday with Jay Muse. Fat Man on Batman every Thursday. And then I wrap up the week with Edumacation with Andy McElfrish. There's so many to choose from. Hell yeah, son. And those aren't the only podcasts. Those are just the ones I'm involved with. What about the podcasts of Smodco that don't feature me, man? Like Tell Em Steve Dave. Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe. I Sell Comics with Ming and Mike. There's so many to choose from. Hey, man, there's also Film School Fridays or NetHeads or Get Up on This, Team Jack. There's so many to choose from. The Breaks, man, Waking from the American Dream, Bagged and Boarded, Phoebe, Soundbite Nation. These are all the shows you could be listening to over at Smodcast.com, Scott. There's so many to choose from. And if audio's not enough for you, man, if you're just like, no, I want the thick dick of video as well, man, we can go to our YouTube channel, which is C-Smod, or you can watch Comic Book Men, our show on AMC, following The Walking Dead and The Talking Dead every Sunday. Sunday night. There's so many to choose from. That's right, Scott. There are so many to choose from. So get choosing, kids. Go to smodcast.com. Start getting picky, man. Stick these sweet, sweet oral sounds into your ear pussies. There's so many to choose from. You said that already. There's so many to choose from. When we did the reenactment, we got a midget to play Ming. Um. <laughs> what the hell does that have to do with anything? You assured us we were open, but, you know, it was 10 o'clock at night, and I tried the door, and you weren't open. I was like, get out. <laughs> Tell him, Steve, Dave. Welcome to the Comic Book Men Q&A. My name is Tom Mum. I am the audio supervisor on AMC's Comic Book Men. Uh, <laughs> Brian Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming. I also want to thank you for watching the show and keeping me employed for the last three years. I appreciate that. Uh, without further ado, I will get to introducing the gentleman you came to see. Uh, first up is Mr. Michael Zabsik. Hey, everybody. The ever-cuddly Ming Chen. Did he just pull a Jennifer Lawrence and trip? And the incomparable Brian Johnson. All right, so my job here is to moderate, which basically means I just point at people when they raise their hands. So uh, let's just start it right off with questions. Who goes? Right here in the front. 
You hire Walt Flanagan as your manager, expert negotiator, uh, and always, uh, always squeezing the last dime. And you have Kevin Smith owning it, and pretty much, you know, backing it for, you know, a losing proposition. Is that it? <laughs> to answer your question. Any other money besides working at the store? You mean like, do we make comic book man money? Is that what you're trying to tell me? TV, Is that what you're TV asking? Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't make chumly money, that's for damn sure. And those rat bastards don't even have to be in their own pawn shop, so. And you know what? Tomorrow, I have to clock in. So I'm taking a flight, and tomorrow morning, I'm packing comic books. <laughs> so Walt is a slave driver? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm just that much of a toady. <laughs> Right there. Has anything come in that you haven't shown on the show? Something weird. Oh, plenty of stuff. But uh, Chucky Doll, she was one of our first transactions. Uh, I, and I mean, literally, she was the learning curve. Uh, and there was stuff that you didn't see because she was wearing blood splattered shoes. And listeners of Tell Him Steve Dave know that these guys bust on Ming's balls horrendously for his shoe fetish. And uh, we actually had that going um, throughout that transaction, but uh, the powers that be didn't want Ming to come off um, being creepy. Creepy. Creepy-er. I'm sorry, er, uh, than he normally is. So there was no shoe fetish um, in the transaction, which was my favorite part of the transaction. I think it was also because that lady had been, somebody recognized her. She'd been making the rounds to different reality shows. She was on like Oddity, uh, I don't know, that no. New York, uh, the, yeah, yeah, that curio shop or whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess she'd been on a show and, uh, yeah. couple different shows, you know, look how weird I am kind of thing. Anything creepy that came on the show or weird that came on the show that didn't make it? Yeah. Um, I don't know, Brian. Um, nothing jumps out at me like that. But yeah, usually if it doesn't make it on the show, it's because it's forgettable and nobody would care. You know? Well. Because <laughs> we shoot, you know, if we, I think the ratio is like almost one to one where we shoot like 90 transactions and if there's three transactions for that's like 16, yeah, it's like 48 transactions. So you lose a bunch. So people, you know, they come in and uh, some people, it's like you just, they're either super nervous, you can't, you know, they or, or they don't, they'll just like answer questions, or they, you know, and then you see the people that have personalities and they're the ones who usually get on. In the case of the Chucky lady, no, she, you know, she. Uh, Superman. <laughs> uh, I think I was delivering Chinese food, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm glad Dude, that's racist, I'm, all right? I'm, so one thing I was good at is I'm glad not to be doing that anymore. Um, I worked for the government for a while. Uh, you know, thought that'd be a nice, steady profession, but it was just dry as hell. So I'm very glad to be doing this now. Uh, yeah, it, was, it got tough. Tough times got tough. I was uh, ordering Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> And no, you, you didn't tell, he, he used to have a very prestigious job, Ming. He uh, he worked for Ben and Matt at uh, what was the name of the company? Uh, Live Planet. Live Planet uh, moved him out to California, L.A. He, he had a convertible. The man had a pinball machine. I did, two cars. I had a pinball machine. He was living the life, and then uh, and then he got the slip, 
And then he cried. <laughs> I did. I cried in he, front of Batman. He, he cried when Ben fired him. <laughs> cried in front of freaking Batman. No, I don't actually think you ever said that Ben fired you. You were laid off, and you're still waiting for the phone call. What's the phone call? For, the, for Ben to call you back and he, say, Ming, you know what? I'm, we found a new position for you. I'm not getting the phone call. No. Are they in existence we, anymore? No, it's gone. Yeah, they they were developing a reality show, I think, right? It was like uh, they the did. They had one out. It's called uh, Project Greenlight, where uh, you know you could write a script and upload it and uh, judge it. And they made it. They turned it into a movie, and uh, it, it went for like three seasons. Okay, right here, the TARDIS. Uh, the episode where you guys like Walter was asking questions, and if you got them wrong, like <laughs> the the bubble gum, yes, it's terrible. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really bad at No, trivia. honey, he, he's just dumb. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all of that combined. Uh, it's funny, uh, you know, Walt, you see Walt running the store. He, that guy is. I'm sorry. Um, uh, he's asking me if I got if if I'm just really dumb for getting all the trivia questions wrong when we did the uh, the gumball trivia episode. And uh, you see Walt running the store, but that guy is a wannabe game show host. I don't. I, <laughs> I think during the seventies, he must have gotten sick a lot and just watched game shows during the morning. And um, so every so often, I'm like we'll we'll play a trivia game, and uh, I I do horribly at all of them. Yeah, that one was shocking because even I beat you, and I don't know anything. <laughs> and that I mean, gum exactly. was uh, that was no lie. That gum was. It, I thought my tooth was gonna break. Yeah. Like it, it was really really hard. <laughs> I thought you put jawbreakers in there to, to, to be funny, and uh, it was terrible. Uh, green shirt. Yeah, I hear that too. Uh, for that guy over there. <laughs> the question. The he question. Asked, uh, about a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> Got any knowledge? Nothing. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> that it? That's the question. All right. Wait, Next. I think didn't somebody send? Uh, oh, do you want to hear? Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, I know nothing about that vibrator, but uh, actually there's a story that Kevin tells on uh, Fat Man with Batman when uh, we did it up at New York Comic Con. And something that Walt and I never told Kevin was uh, basically um, this guy, what was his name? Doctor or something, uh, sent a bunch of sex toys in superhero form they were themed, superhero themed yeah it was like the incredible hulk but it wasn't the hulk it was like this <laughs> green and um that um the the caped something satyr and i'll let you use your imagination there was a spider-man one where he shoots webs and <laughs> dude it's not mine all right <laughs> so um they actually sent the package to kevin and um his wife, Jen, uh, opened it and, like, said, you pervert, you sicko, and just gave him the riot act. And he's like, I didn't do anything. They sent it to me. And um, they actually sent it to the store. And uh, Wolf Lanigan opened it up, and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I looked in there. I'm like, what the fuck? And uh, he said, put these in the basement. And so we put him in, like, the furthest corner of the basement. He's like... If anybody asks, it's down there. If anybody contacts us, we do have them, but they're in the basement. And um, it was really weird because we were cleaning out the basement and they disappeared. <laughs> we're trying to figure out who took them. <laughs> Ming. Why are you looking at me? 
It wasn't me. I ain't naming names or me. nothing. You know, there are two guys at this table. Yeah. Can you, Brian going downstairs, though. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would have to go back up the stairs, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's go be down, down there. Down. <laughs> so that's a vibrator story. Right here, Plancher. He asked if we could talk about how the show came to be. How did the show came to be? Um, I guess on Red State there was uh, an exec producer. Her name's Elise Seiden, and she was friends with someone at a company called Original Media, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yes. And was it Original or AMC was looking to make a show? I had heard that AMC was looking for a show to fill the, the gap between Walking Dead seasons. That was their original idea. Speaking of gap, how's my thigh gap look to you today? Is, is it looking tight? Is tight good or bad? I can't. I can't really tell. Tight like good. Oh yeah, yeah it's oh, okay. looking tight, man. Yeah. Okay. All right, go on. <laughs> That's a banner you folks came here to hear. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I had heard they were looking to fill the gap between Walking Dead seasons, and since Walking Dead was based on a comic book, um, they were looking for some kind of comic book themed show. Yeah, so I think um, Elise then put Kevin in touch with. Was it somebody at AMC or somebody? Yeah, I think so. Okay, somebody at AMC. And I guess what happened was. They were, um, they were good. They needed a, a store. So Kevin was going to let them use the store for the pilot. And he thought that they would, you know, how they normally do shows like that, cast a bunch of people, you know, wacky personalities for the, to, to fit the bill. And someone at AMC listened to the podcast that I do with, uh, my friend Walt and Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. Uh, tell them Steve Dave, and I guess they were like, whoever it was, I really should probably know his name or her name because <laughs> it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, but said like, we want to use these guys. You know, I guess they like the, the theme, the, the flavor of the show and stuff. Uh, Quinn couldn't do it because he was on True TV. Uh, and Mike and Ming working there it made sense, you know, to plug them in. They had their own podcast by that time. So they went ahead and shot uh, what's called a sizzle reel, sizzle reel. Uh, which is um, like, I don't know, like 10 or 12 yeah, or 15 minutes. Yeah, like a 15-minute pilot. Yeah, like uh, not really an arable pilot, but enough to show you what the, you know, what the show would be like and if they would like it or not. And obviously they liked it, so they went to pilot. Um, but the sizzle reel, like there was stuff on the sizzle reel that never made it. The, the, the worst thing... I thought I was glad they didn't show it, and it would be fun, though, to, to see it on deleted footage or something, but they had a burlesque girl come in. She was like a burlesque um, dancer, yeah, but she dressed, she dressed up, up like Robin. superheroes. Oh. Yeah, she dressed up as... Was it Robin? Yeah, I think yeah. it was Robin. Yeah, it was Robin. And oh Walt God. wouldn't do it. Walt wouldn't do it because he's like, I don't need my wife jumping all over my ass <laughs> because I'm judging a... A girl on a TV and they set up a, a table about this size and it's, it's like, it was like American Idol almost where it's me, Ming and Mike and this girl is doing her burlesque dance and I mean, nothing against crackheads, but <laughs> <laughs> it really didn't appear as if she were not a crackhead. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> bruises all over and stringy hair and looked out of it and stuff. Um, it, it was just so awkward. It was so awkward and not funny and not really what I think the, the show wanted to be. So, you know, we, we never, we never used that, uh, to try to sell it. But, um, 
I remember also uh, they were they did the what they call the OTF like on the fly interviews, which is like say Pawn Stars. You know, they go outside and they're like, "So, uh, uh, were you happy with the way the transaction went?" And they say yes or no or whatever. And uh, they tried so desperately to get Walt to say, um, you know, like Bon Jovi and uh, Springsteen. You know, they come into Red Bank a lot, but you know, I'm a pretty big. Uh, Name, pretty, pretty uh, deal myself. I'm a pretty yeah, like I'm a pretty big star uh, in my own right. Like they really wanted him to say that. And Walt was like, "Fuck that." He was <laughs> like, "If it if it means that we don't do the show, he's like then." And I I, I had to support him. I mean, it, it's just so not him and so uh, gross, you know, retarded. So yeah, he didn't say it. But and we ended up obviously not going with the on the fly interviews and all that other stuff too. But yeah, it just, that's kind of the way it happened. Uh, third, well, three seasons. We, we got picked up season by season, and I believe we're going to find out within the next two weeks if we have a fourth season. Uh, numbers have been pretty good. So, we'll new see. episode Hopefully. tonight. New episode tonight. Need you guys to watch if you want what more. What is it? Uh, What's the episode? Mingle beg. Mingle, come to your hotel room and uh, watch with oh, you. Oh, yeah, I will tonight. I'll come and watch it with you. <laughs> Shit, you It's want likely that? he'd be trying to sneak in whether the show is on or not. <laughs> what, uh, what, what's, uh, what's tonight's episode, Mike? Uh, tonight's episode is uh, comics, guaranteed. So CGC. <laughs> so you got CGC coming on to Comic Book Man, and uh, you find out how we feel about them. What a thrill. <laughs> I, I noticed you, you weren't really in those. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't in that. There are, there are a couple. Usually I'm in, I'm in many of the transactions. Like 95%, but, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple. that. Like, there was one. I, I thought this was strange, too. There was a, a, a kid that I found out only later on because it's usually like I'm, I'm in. I mean, 99% of them, they, they stick me in there somewhere. But this one, they, you know, they were like, no, 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 you don't need to be in this one. And it turned out the kid, like, thought he was Clark Kent. He had, like, Asperger's or something. Yeah. Like, he was on the spectrum. And for whatever reason, they thought, like, I was going to hammer him and, like, really go after him. Well, which I would never do, you know? But, but it I, was weird. They took great pains to make sure, like, you were To keep even, me away, like, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't day. even in the store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know, but, I know, I'm like, it's like I can control myself. I'm yeah, not gonna make fun of somebody. You it's know? like, what in your history is ever like that you would make a, a fun of somebody with like a, a disability? It was really, it was really well, weird. Well, there was a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was you hammered him pretty hard. Yeah, I don't. Did that ever air? The, yeah, it did. The Clark, yeah, the Clark the Kent crack? one did. No, no, he didn't. He he, he answered the phone as Clark Kent, right? Did yes, he, he, he would, did. Yeah. yeah, he was really. Uh, that he was had like the little thing. spit curl, and he had the glasses and all that shit. You know. Did that one ever air? I don't think that one ever aired. Okay. I don't remember seeing that one. But it all, it's all a blur after all yeah. these years. Right here in the front? Did the spirit ever come back to the basement in the ghost episode? I, I never felt any spirits down I don't, in that yeah, basement. I don't, I don't. And, I, I mean, I buried some bodies down there, so <laughs> never bothered me. I don't think it ever... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't that, know. You seem to know a lot about it, sir. <laughs> that that girl, um, when they were getting ready, because they they never showed. Walt and I had an idea that uh, there was supposed to be. It just, I guess, it just didn't fit with the show. But there was supposed to be a flashback where 
uh, Ming tells a story about how he was kicked out of his house one night and he stayed in the stash, but he stayed downstairs and he was in a towel. It was a whole thing that I like didn't work out. And when we did the reenactment, we got a midget to play Ming um, <laughs> in a towel. It has to be around somewhere, maybe. Somebody will put it on YouTube or something. But uh, Walt said to the girl, like right before we shot it, like, uh, you're going to go down the stairs and um, there's going to be like a three count and a midget is going to jump on your back. <laughs> and her fucking face <laughs> was so awesome because she genuinely believed like, and I, I guess people, you know, people that if you're not used to being on TV or you're nervous or you don't know what to expect, it's like, where do you draw the line? You know? So I think she was like, look, I don't really want that, but I'm not sure how to say, I don't, I don't want a to yeah. jump on my back. Yeah. That would have been priceless. So that I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Ming was down there for quite a while in just a bath towel, and he had to eat a couple of Alka-Seltzer to make it look like his mouth was foaming. Oh, and wait, didn't didn't the fire alarm go off? And, yeah, and at one was, point the fire alarm machine. went off at one point when we were shooting that, and I'm sitting there in a towel, and the firefighters are racing down the stairs trying to look for the source of wherever the fire alarm was going off. And Ming's in a, in a towel, and I'm just like, oh, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? And they're just like, all right. Oh, it's a secret stash again. Uh, all right. You want rub and tug? <laughs> <laughs> Happy ending. Uh, right there. I have a question, guys. Um, how does Paul feel if like uh, fans come over to the stash in New Jersey to see you guys asking questions? Does he take it kind of like you guys are supposed to be specifically working? Or does he give you guys opportunity to talk to the Do the fans have money? <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're square. It's all about money. Yeah. Well, he's he's not really Ming's direct supervisor. Ming sort of does whatever he wants. Um, like Mike says many times, if Ming's not in the store, then he'll text him, let him know there's a photo op. It's almost like like he just appears, you know. Yeah, seriously, he all teleports. <clears throat> it's amazing. But uh, yeah, well, it's not the it's such a harsh taskmaster. Like you, taskmaster, taskmaster. Uh, People come, you know, they can ask anything. People have been asking questions about Kevin ever since the first day the store opened, you know. Why does he have on, on the outside of the show, you see guests were open. It's kind of, it makes kind of sort of like uh, that white sign that you guys outside when the show's been in the store. Does he purposely keep that out there? Does everybody notice like the store is open? Does Walt keep white sign? No, that sign was there. actually my idea because um, the they... For first season, they put um, dark film over the, the windows. So people were walking by going, oh, look, it's another abandoned store in Red Bank. And we were open. So in sort of an homage to Clerks, I put out the I assure you we're open. And um, most people don't get that. <laughs> they come in, it's like you assured us we were open, but, you know, it was 10 o'clock at night and I tried the door and you weren't open. I was like, get out. <laughs> Got money? Uh, right here. Um, when the show's filming, does the store operate normally, or do they like close lot for the people? When the show's shooting, does the store operate normally? I don't think the store has ever operated normally. Um, but yeah, we're open for business. Uh, when we're shooting stuff, I mean, there are times when we can't make a whole lot of noise. When you're, 
We have, let me put it to you this way. We have a fake counter that we film at, and in season one, you'll notice that the counter is closer to the door. It was a bitch to film that because uh, natural light would stream in, and that film they put out there uh, didn't really work well. So we built a counter right in the middle of the store for filming purposes. People always go over there and try to pay. We're like, no, this is, it's a fake counter. Sorry. Got to go over to the other one. I'm like, so it's not a reality show. I'm like, it's unscripted. So... That was that was a Walt thing too because I, I think Kevin probably would have said like just close it, but Walt wanted to keep it operational. So, I mean, the most people ever have to wait maybe fifteen or twenty minutes sometimes, and that like most people don't get mad, but I think probably some of the regulars at times get annoyed by it. You know? Yeah, the the uh, the reservists, the hardcore. Screw ones. them! They've only kept this open for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right here. Favorite, favorite item to come through the store and why? Uh, I think uh, mine was, was, it, was it the dildos? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was just a favorite dildos. Uh, a close second was the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Like it was such a favorite item. They named a whole freaking episode after it. Um, but that was something I wanted for over 30 years, and uh, I finally got a chance to get it later on. Uh, now it's sitting in the basement. I have nowhere to put the. You know, if you've seen the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, it's probably maybe, as long as this table. Maybe the dildos are in that box. But yeah, they could. They could be. Uh, that was one of those things where I just I just had to have it, and I you know I was gonna figure it out later where where to put it. Brian, my favorite thing, um, I guess it might, it might have been Famous Monsters magazine. I thought that was pretty interesting. Most of the stuff I genuinely don't care about, so that's why I mock it or ignore it. Um, unless uh, it's it's like really old and really rare, like something that you. I mean, like second season, the giant size X-Men and the Hulk 181, it was like, holy shit, you guys, like <laughs> the producers that season, it was like, enough of this. Like, it, it seemed like that's all we ever talked about, you know, in yeah. podcasts and, you know, we got another, we got a, another, uh, another giant size X-Men number one coming in. And it's like, it, and I think they did, didn't they, you guys do it first season? Yeah. Yeah. We did. So it's like enough, enough they did, already. They did print other comic books besides uh, Hulk 181 and Giant Size X Men, and, and some of them are pretty cool. Uh, it gets tiring after a while. Like the the things that I just want to smack anybody, including these guys, when I hear is key issue and holy grail. <laughs> I'm just like, shut your goddamn mouth. Verboten. Can't say those things around, Brian. <laughs> And for me, the uh, my favorite thing that came in was the uh, George Perez piece that he did for me. The oh, Wonder Man. Perez. George Perez. George Perez. <laughs> well, he's downstairs, and if he hears Mike me. Mike subtly fucking Ricky Ricardo whenever he says George Perez's name. <laughs> George Perez. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Lucy. <laughs> All right. Let's go right there. What do you do? What do I do? <laughs> what do what do you do? Independent contractor. <laughs> What's that? I'm never around. No morale. Are you, you just, just there, there for morale? morale? Oh, there for morale. Oh, what do I do at the store? Uh, I mean, if is, do I look like I build their morale? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to dismantle it for years. <laughs> Uh, I don't really, I don't really hang out at the store, uh, nearly as much as you would think on the show. Uh, I go down there to do Tell Him Steve Dave, or if, uh, I'm going down to see Walter, one of these guys, I'll, I'll go down and hang out. But for the most part, um, I don't. 
And uh, I do I do the podcast, write the comics, do the TV show. You know, try to spend a lot of time with my niece. You know, so that to me is more fun than work. You know. Still, I think the funniest thing I heard this weekend was some dude came up to you and he's like, "So what's going on, man? Like, uh, you you retired now or what?" I'm like, "Retired?" I'm like, "That's that's you. That's you should tell people you're retired." Nah, I, uh, what do they call it? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I I, I don't. I've, I've been sick this entire weekend. Very slow. Daniel, here. Uh, you've had comic book guests like Greg Polo and Joey Perez on the show. If you get renewed for another season, what do you want to see? Uh, if if they get renewed for another season, what comic guests would they like to see on the show? Um, I'm gonna. I would love to see Adam West. And Burt Ward, I think that would be if we can get the surviving members of Batman because there are a whole hell of a lot of them. Um, is Jaja still alive? Anyone know? Someone uh, no, her leg fell off, right? Yeah, come on, dude. Your leg, she doesn't have any legs now. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that have to do with anything? Wheel her in. It'll be fine. Yeah, We're wheelchair accessible, folks, at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, 35 Broad Street in Red Bank, New Jersey. Bring a crippled friend. <laughs> I would love to see Adam West, Burt Ward, and uh, Yvonne Craig. Ming? Uh, I'd love to meet anybody from the, uh, the original Star Wars cast. Uh, if you're going comic-wise, uh, you know, Brian K. Vaughn would be awesome. Our, uh, Jim Lee came down uh, when we had a store on the West Coast. He came down and uh, actually drew on our fire door. And uh, when that store closed down, we, we stole the door. We took it off its hinges, and um, uh, it's hanging up at the, at, at the East Coast store now. I tried to get um, Henry Winkler, you know? <laughs> I wanted to meet Fonzie, but the, the showrunner said no possible way. But now I see he's doing, like, insurance commercials or something, like, for, like, like life insurance commercials with old people or something, you know? So I'm like, I mean, I don't know. How busy can the guy be if... If he's doing commercials for health, life insurance, yeah, I've I've seen him pop up at the odd Comic Con here and there, so it's not it's not out of the question. Yeah, I don't think so. So, Ming, you approve? Absolutely, because he's got his legs. He does have his legs. <laughs> Son of a bitch, Comic Guys. I, I would like to see. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it would happen, but I would like to see maybe like Neil Gaiman come in. Alan Moore would be cool. It's like we'd have a face off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, behind Superman. Are we going to see more Tell Him Steve Dave on the show? Have we seen any Tell Him Steve Dave on the show yet? Just a, just a shirt. Oh, more references to more it. References. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll probably, you know that Army Ant shirt that Walt designed? I'll probably, if we have a fourth season, I'll probably wear that one during the podcast. But um, I'm also trying to. Uh, it's it's so pathetic. I can't believe at my age this is, is the kind of shit that occurs to me. But um, during the podcast um, session uh, portion, I want to put like our Twitter names under us when we talk, like you know Twitter handles, so that way you know more people can sort of. Because if if people Google me, they they don't find our Twitter, and really I care more about the podcast than I do the TV show. So I would rather. You know, direct more people to it if I could. Young lady right there. What was it like using Michelle? Uh, I felt like she was lucky, you know. To <laughs> uh, it, it was it was fun in a couple different ways. Um, I got to kiss somebody, you know, twice my age. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was fun for the show, 
and I knew that there were like legions of Trekkies out there who are like, that fucking fat asshole. <laughs> he doesn't deserve to kiss her. Why him? So it's like, like robbing them all of, of the, of that, you know, like to soil Nichelle Nichols in front of all those dorks to me was an achievement. <laughs> I love the fact that you take such great pride in such pettiness. <laughs> well, hold on. Weren't you one of those guys? Yeah, he was. You're not <laughs> one of those guys. Well, I'm married. I can't kiss her. That's right. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm here, too. <laughs> uh, in the back, Walking Dead. Uh, what was the writing um, process like for like, the Zoic Man? Like, it's obviously like the art Flip it and reverse it. I wrote it. Walt drew it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I just what were like? Do you guys have like individual contributions, like ideas, or teams brought it together, or how did it, how did it really come about? <laughs> Honestly, this whole thing was—it's basically Walt's baby. This is—and um, tell me if I'm wrong, Brian—but this is everything Walt ever wanted to draw, like every fucking nightmare he ever had. Yeah, he, he put, put it down into one on book. paper. And, uh, I mean, we just threw some crap in him, and he's like, yeah, I'll work it in somehow. So that's our contributions, but yay much towards the, the whole thing. Brian and Walt are, are really the geniuses behind it. So Yeah, basically what, what happens with what it happened with War of the Undead, it happened with this. It's like he says, here's what I want to draw, come up with a story. So then I'll, so that basically that's what I'll do is I'll come up with, you know, and uh, come up with a story and, you know, we want to, he wants to include aliens. He wants to include the cryptids and all that stuff. So I come up with a story and then I bounce some ideas off him. He'll bounce some more back and I'll write, like, I'll write, I'll panel it out and write the, the issue. And then I'll give it to him. He draws it. And then when he gives it back, I'll write the dialogue. I write notes as I go along the way for dialogue. Um, but when I get his art, that's when I actually write the dialogue. So I know how much room I have to work with. Otherwise I'll write too much. So I'll, I try to, you know, keep it condensed and, uh, so it doesn't overwhelm the panel. Cause his art's so cool. There's a lot of times where like, you know, there'll be a huge, you know, splash page and there might be only one box. And sometimes that's deliberate because I really like the way it looks and I don't want to clutter it up with words, you know? Behind the projector over here, the white shirt. Q and I wrote a sitcom. Uh, yeah, it was originally it was called um, Dateland, and then it ended up being called Prowlers. And um, <laughs> it's it has kind of a always sunny in Philadelphia vibe. And we uh, were working with um, some dude in an agency. God, it was years ago now. And, uh, you know, they would give notes, we'd address the notes, blah, blah, blah. And it's basically about these, uh, four guys who, who run a dating agency in, um, in down in Southern, actually Southern Florida. And, uh, cause I really like South Florida. So I was hoping that it would get made and we could shoot it there. <laughs> That's why I said it there. Um, and, uh, and they're, they're idiots. You know, they're idiots. And basically the only reason they opened it was to try to make a couple bucks and meet girls. And it's, um, three high school friends who are wrestlers in school and they're wrestling coach. So these guys are like 30. The coach is 60 and he was, um, disgraced because he was having an affair with a, a 16 year old girl back in, back in the day. 
but she's like she was hideous she was gross so they constantly ridicule him even though he was he was in love with her and shit um and we uh we we sent it to a couple people and they like it but it's not it's it's really weird when when you write something and i hate it because i'm like this is this is definitely better than some of the shit i see on tv including comic book man um so i don't understand like why we couldn't at least get a pilot but i mean things never really die it seems in in that industry like it might kick around for 10 years and then suddenly somebody becomes interested and there's a lot of people that you know that that will read it and then t- turn around and be like well they don't really make tv like this anymore and it's like what the hell are you talking about like always sunny in philadelphia has 10 goddamn seasons you know it's they do make tv like this so we considered even um uh, making it ourselves, like just shooting the pilot ourselves and seeing how that worked out. So possibly, who knows? Right here. If the show is unscripted, who came spontaneously? Oh, like Nichelle Nichols showed up out of nowhere? No, it's unscripted. Not. not it's not a reality show. Not unplanned. Um, yes. <laughs> no, they they do they do set up guests, but most times we don't know that they're coming in. So we'll get a heads up like, hey, somebody's coming in today, and we're like, oh shit, who's coming in today? I hope they're not going to steal me. Or they won't those. know like what you know, like that they were going to need the the action figure or whatever. They won't tell them that. Yeah, and, uh, people. There seems to be like a very gray area around like unscripted and reality and all this other shit, you know? Like the truth of it is the people that, um, the people that bring stuff in, that bring the items in, every one of them is cast because if you set up a camera and waited for interesting shit to come in, Nothing we, interesting yeah, come we would in. still be shooting the first episode. Um, <laughs> so you have to get those people in and you have to know that, you, you know, there's an interest in the item or whatever. Uh, what they call the A story stuff, you know, whether it's we're going to the, the dude's bat mansion or Michelle Nichols or the flea market or bowling or whatever. Um, like it, of course it's set up in advance, you know, but they always ask us, like, what do you guys want to do? And then in the beginning of the season, we'll give them a long list of ideas as to what we want to do. Um, none of the, uh, dialogue (coughs) is scripted at all as per us, you know, I wouldn't allow it. And Kevin doesn't want it. And uh, was the kiss scripted? No, no. Uh, Look at me, that intro- Come on. Yeah, <laughs> twice you got you got two of them. So. Yeah, yeah. I was. I gotta say, I was surprised at the first one. Really surprised at the second one. Yeah, I was gonna was, try to cop a feel, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> she beat him to it. And your, your your beard was like a tractor beam. Yeah, like drew her in. It was are awesome. there any Trekkies here? Like, is there any people who are in the Star Trek? Yeah, seriously, don't don't be trying to get some. This Trek dude, you're in the Star Trek. So that was it. Was the the whole thing was like that was the first interracial kiss on on TV, right? Did she ever kiss anyone else again on screen, or was I the second? <laughs> Can you imagine your that's the way like your career trajectory? <laughs> William Shatner, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Uh Batman shirt over here. Wait, wait, I didn't get the answer yet. Oh. Did did she Oh, was a second? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
You want to talk about audiblepodcast.com slash T-E-S-D? What do you want to say about it? T-E-S-D.com. Yep, audiblepodcast.com. Dot com. Say it with me. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Slash T-E-S-D. And if you go to that address, CG, do you know what's going to happen? Do you? Do you? What's going to happen? You're going to see Susie? Yeah. I don't think so. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get a free audio book and a 30-day trial. 30 days for free just by signing up. And did you know that Tell Him Steve Dave has their own audiobook. It's called Tell Him Steve Dave, Dave Fairy Retail Theater. Yes. Do you like fairy tales? Uh, sure. <laughs> you do? <laughs> okay. So, they have 150,000 books, but you only really got to worry about one, and that's Tell Him Steve Dave's Fairy Retail Theater. Use that as your free book. Free! 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 <laughs> Podcast.com slash G E S D D D D Hate the big Adam's apple I have. Hate the color of my eyes. Hate the way everybody hates me. Hello? 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 Hey! Can you hear us? Who is this? You want Edgar? No, 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 bro. Is this Brian Johnson? Yeah. Wow. It works, Q. I can't believe it. I told you, bitch. To you work. fucking doubted me. I doubted you. You doubted that wrong. the technology exists, and it only exists for fucking celebrities. <laughs> like us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What year is it, Brian? 1978. 1978, bro. Whoa. We went, we called way back. <laughs> Um, all right. Brian Who is, is this? Why, why are two adult men calling me and talking about what year it is? It's not Captain Longnuts. Don't worry. Relax. Um, you're not going to believe this, but we're calling from the future. The future? Yes, the future. <laughs> uh, I'm your friend who you've just recently met, Walt. And the other Walt guy... Flanagan from, Walt Flanagan from fifth grade? The... The one that people like less than even me? <laughs> yeah, so you might, so you might want to believe. Uh, but yes, and the other guy with me is a friend that's gonna, you're going to meet in, in about 15 years. Hey, buddy. His name is Q. Wait, I'm friends with a caveman? <laughs> <laughs> what do you he do? sounds you weird, right? Why, why does he talk like that? Listen to me, don't make me reach through this phone and throttle that fucking neck of yours, you little bitch. Hey. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I want to call you because you're, you're kind of having problems in the, in the, in the, uh, in 2012. Or 20, what year is this? 2013. <laughs> 2013. <laughs> you're kind of going through some problems right now, and I thought I'd use my time phone to reach out to you and let you know... What is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> 
He's having trouble back then. <laughs> and we're calling him to tell him he's having, tr- he's having trouble now, too. Yeah, I'm trying to like... So I'm it trying- never gets better. <laughs> Brian, you're not writing notes about how you hate yourself and putting them in a little bank of tears, are you? Uh, you know, <laughs> coincidentally... <laughs> Well, we're calling you today to let you know to stop. Because it doesn't Why? Because it's full and I need a new bank? Because it's not going to help at all, buddy. No, because I want to try to stop the chain right now. Break the chain right now, and maybe we can, av- we can avoid the future. The future's not written. Sarah Connor told us this in a movie you haven't seen yet, but it's fucking kick-ass, bro. You're gonna fucking love it. You're gonna love it. Is this a thinly availed attempt to get me to commit suicide? (laughs) (laughs) Not just. Is the call coming from inside the house? (laughs) Is the call coming from inside the house? (laughs) (laughs) No, not that movie. Okay. (laughs) A better movie than that. I'm telling you, I want. I'm, I'm calling to tell you that you're a fucking great dude. And you're too hard on yourself. And also to let you know that TV in the future is fucking way better than you ever imagined. Better than Mark and Mindy. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know how you're addicted to good times? Good times? Is it better than what's happening? It's, 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 it's fucking better than everything, bro. It's be- Do you know how you can only watch one thing at a time? Yeah. Forget about it. With something called Hulu Plus... What, like a hula hoop, like for girls? What are you calling me? What, am I a nook? <laughs> There's something called the internet in the future, and it's this device that people jerk off to and watch TV. Do you all jerk off yet, do you? You're all, you're only, how old are you in 1978? Because I know Q, uh, Q at 10 years old is probably sperm-laden right now in a cocoon. Yeah, there's, there's a two-year-old me sitting around somewhere right now. Are you only two, Just covered in just covered in his own cum. We got we, well, we got to make another call. When we're talking about this. Yeah, we got to make a call. If you could be bothered to answer the phone, you only have two free hands. <laughs> Wait, let me spit this out, you fucks. We gotta talk about Hulu Plus. In the future, men call ten-year-old boys and talk about being encased in sperm. <laughs> <laughs> you're you are a special ten-year-old. You're not like the other ten-year-olds. Oh, okay. <laughs> this Hulu anyway, this Hulu Plus of the future. Tell me about it. <laughs> Give me okay, a reason I'm to live. Tell you that um, that there's a device called Hulu Plus, and you can watch TV anywhere. Anytime, it's amazing. Well, that sounds like Tell so, that, 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 that Dude, sounds like a reason worth living for. Tell me a little bit more, <laughs> bro. Don't discount how fucking important TV is going to be to your future. Okay, <laughs> you spend about twenty-three hours a day fucking watching it. Surely, I have a social life, and I never get addicted to any substance that would make me give up hope. <laughs> Just focus on the TV, dude. Don't worry about the other stuff. Trust us. All right. Listen to me. You know how, like, you got to wait, like, like if you miss an episode, you got to wait till like, reruns in the summer for it to come back on to catch it? Of course. That's the only way it could possibly be. What a... Oh, thing of the past, bro. Thing of the past. How about any show you want to watch at any time you want to watch it? How about that, buddy? I would... I've, I mean, I have died and gone to heaven, right? Oh, that sounds. Listen to that this. Sounds like- Let me read this to you, and don't and don't interrupt, so we can get to through this. With Hulu Plus, you get total control to watch thousands of shows whenever you want. 
Use Hulu Plus on connected TVs, game consoles, Blu-ray players, Roku, Apple TV, PC, or watch from anywhere on your smartphone or tablet on demand at all times. With Hulu Plus, you can binge. You're going to learn a lot about the word binge, bro. Right now, it's about TV, though. You, you can binge on full seasons, which is what you do. I mean, you in the future... It's, it's all you do. It's all you do is binge on full seasons of TV. I binge on TV, drugs, and food. <laughs> um... Hold on, uh, your favorite what, current should shows. Be telling him this much about his future? <laughs> He's fucked anyway. <laughs> and even a full series of runs of classic TV shows. What you're watching right now on your favorite shows are considered classics, Bry. Really? But, uh, tell yep. me about this Hulu Plus. Am I able to pause it to take uh, beatings from my parents? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, great. And it only costs $8 a month. $8? Well, in, in, 19, in 2013 dollars, that's nothing, bro. That's next to nothing. That's what my family spent on clothes for me for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so what you do is you go to our show homepage on Smodcast.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner for your extended free trial or go to HuluPlus.com slash TESD. Now, you don't know this, Brian. And I was hesitant to divulge this information because I think it's, but I think it's important. You know how much you love TV? Oh, I, oh yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this now because I want you to, I want you to change your life around now as a youngster. You are going to be on TV one day. You are going to be on a weekly TV show. No, me? Right. And you're going to be on a something called a podcast. That's going to have hundreds. Well, uh, hundreds of like diehard fans that are gonna that are gonna hang on your every word. You're gonna be beloved by us by a group of people. And and surely along with that comes comes riches and 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 fame, right? Well, you get to spend a lot of time with Ming Chen if that makes you feel any better. A Ming Chen? Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, I know what you. I know like a young Brian Johnson probably thinks that uh, TV. You know, being on TV comes with like you know being a millionaire. But in the future, being on TV really it really doesn't bring the riches, the green riches, but it brings something better, man. It brings validation that you are a good person and a funny person. So millions of people can see my giant Adam's apple. <laughs> no, no, you'll cover that with a giant unkept beard, my friend. Don't worry, you got that covered in the future. Wow. The future sounds disturbing. <laughs> Listen, b before we go, I just want to tell you, buy stock in MySpace, bro. Trust me. MySpace? Are you sure not Friendster? <laughs> no, no, my... <laughs> fuck him. He never paid me back that money he owes me, so I want to fuck him now. MySpace, bro. All your money in MySpace. All right. All right, so stop writing those nasty notes to yourself, because you don't need them. You're, you're the best. Wow. Oh yeah, you're, you're, you're awesome, dude. Two strange men called me and promised me happiness in the future. Life is good. <laughs> well, uh, we're not promising anything because you're not happy in the future either, but, but we gotta run this ad and we gotta think of something. Alright, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Pry, stay strong, brother. See you later. Nice talking to you, Pry, bye. All right, so Q, that's Hulu Plus. That's amazing. I think we did some good here today. It, Secret it, stash hiring? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> Where do you live? Where do you live? Where do you live? <laughs> you can move? I'm sure you can. But no, I'm sorry, we're not. Yeah, there's a, the, the whole View Askew Secrets to Astro World is very insulated. It's nearly impossible because there's just not that many positions. Of it. Even if I wanted to work there, I don't think there's a position available. You know? No, like you're definitely- Nor would they trust me. <laughs> Like Walt wouldn't have me; he'd fire me the first day. Probably we'll make you apply. Yeah, interview process. But there were there were back when we actually had the office. Uh, a lot of people, like when Kevin was in Jersey and and he was making movies, the number of what the fuck is that noise? You hear that? Yeah. Um, Walt, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, people would submit their resumes, and, and there was just a stack of resumes that you're like, this person will never get called because there's just. It's just not that kind of office, you know. It wasn't an active production office where people were making movies, and they're like, "I don't care. I'll get coffee for free. I'll dance naked, like whatever." Their offer was it. It, it never really mattered, which was unfortunate because you know. But uh, Mike started out as a customer at the stash I did. many, many years ago, and he had to, he had to gain slowly gain Walt's trust. Oh dear God, was that a chore? Yeah. No, first he gained my trust. Right? Yeah, that's true. I had to gain your trust. Yeah, Mike used to. Uh, I used to run the merchandising arm of the of the stash, and uh, my, I can't remember. How did you come on? You you came. To- I actually worked. I worked at the store uh, just every other Saturday, and I kind of parlayed that. Walt and I had been um, friends. Is too weird a word with Walt. Um, yeah, you're overreaching. <laughs> <laughs> and you you slowly gained his trust, and you know we we uh, we liked the same comics, and uh, I didn't annoy him too much with questions like "What's Kevin really like?" Uh, if anyone has that question, put your hand down because don't want to hear it. Um, but then uh, he asked me if I wouldn't mind working every other Saturday. Started working uh, Wednesdays for uh, New Comics Day, and a full-time position came up at um, the online side, and uh, Walt recommended me to Brian. And Brian's like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He used to come in for comic books. And uh, boom, then I started working. And then it led to this boring story. (laughs) And (laughs) we're done. (laughs) Uh, Oriole's hat right here. Stacy? She's CGI, too. Stacy Patella does exist. Stacy yeah. Patella most definitely exists. She, uh, I don't know. Actually, we're kind of like, uh, we got to be nearing four, four years now, right? Only four years left. Yeah, uh, she said a couple weeks ago, she sent me a picture of the wedding dress she was going to wear. If if the Kickstarter reached a certain amount and it didn't, uh, the Kickstarter for our claymation effort, which I'm still hearing bullshit about from some people, but. <laughs> uh, red shirt, right? The guy, oh, Gary, Gary Khan, which these guys did Gary Khan, uh, Gary Conover, who was sick with heart issues, longtime customer, wanted to sell his, his collection. Um, and these guys sort of organized the, uh, the whole auction. Have you done, you're saying like, what have you done for him lately? Oh, have you got, have you guys gone to anyone's house before and done that kind we've of stuff? We've done that before. We've, uh, we've helped people out who are in dire straits. And, uh, the Mike Esposito, we helped out the widow Esposito as well. 
this past season. Um, cause her nephew came in with all of his stuff and, um, she was, she was on a fixed income and, you know, we, we made a, a little bit of a cushion for her. So even Muse one time, I remember, um, in the other store early on, some old lady came in like Muse is like, his what you think Muse is and and like who he really is are, are so like wildly divergent. He um he was at the store one time with me and and uh, an old lady came in the store. She was old too, she was like seventy five, eighty something like that, and uh, had some comics said that she found them. I guess they were her husband's complete dog shit, like worthless, you know. And uh, he gave her a hundred bucks for him, pretending that like they were valuable and and. She was so happy. Like, that's really the kind, even though you hear the junkie stories and puss this and ask that, you know, like he's, <laughs> he's really quite a dude, Muse. Did he borrow that hundred bucks from Ming? Yeah. yeah when I yeah, say yeah. Muse, so, I mean Ming. <laughs> so it really came from me. So I was, I was the real, real hero. <coughs> Michael make house calls, uh, you know, every so often. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll call the that. store yeah. and say, you know, they have such a large collection. They can't bring it to the store. And, uh, Mike will go out. Um, wasn't there a story about like a divorce, like a nasty divorce? That never came to fruition. But yeah, there was someone who's um, really nasty divorce down in Nashville, and they had like a hundred thousand comic collection, um, and they wanted us to mediate, and um, <laughs> didn't happen because I I kind of suggested, hey, maybe this would make a really good storyline for a comic book, man. And I click, mm, okay, all right, never mind. Uh, movie shirt. Is Sunday Jeff ever gonna? Now that he's made his comic book man debut, is he gonna do what? Come to a con. Come to a convention. I would love for Sunday Jeff to be at a convention. I would love to see him signing merchandise and just handing out pearls of wisdom to people because he is. Fucking awesome. Sunday Jeff, the, the, the weirdest thing I, I, well, maybe not the weirdest, but one of the weirder things I heard about Sunday Jeff was his wife gave him an anniversary present and it was to go to San Diego Con, but she didn't go with him. She bought him a ticket, got him a hotel room, and he yeah. went there by himself. By himself. <laughs> went went by to himself. the San Diego Con and then <laughs> went home. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> no, but the funnier, even funnier, Walt gave him a shopping list. So he was actually working out there. He did. It was a long list too. Oh, it yeah. was like it was big enough where Eddie found it all. He would uh, he had to ship it back. Yeah. Uh, Superman shirt right here. Uh, you guys think of doing another commercial for the stash? Why the first one was so perfect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, how are we going to prove on that? <laughs> it's doubtful. I mean, uh, uh, I guess if we get another season, we'll probably try to do something along the same lines as the commercial or the, uh, like the pitch tape that we, that we did. I find them to be really fun to do. I mean, yeah, at this know. point, do we need a commercial? Like the, the show is a weekly half hour yeah. commercial for the store already. I think, I, I, think show, we're, I think we're okay on then that. Then that commercial is played on Netflix. You know. Right. And, and during the, the hottest TV show on the planet right now, I think we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, red shirt right here in the front. So when we had that idea to throw a superhero kids party at the stash, have you guys done any more lately? Uh, no, unless you count the Dean Cain party. I guess adults are, are okay for some reason, but kids... Well, they don't tear know. everything apart, for one. All right, there, there's that. I, I just say just add to the bill. Let them go to town. They, you know, you go to any other place, your kids break something. They, you, they break it, you buy it. So, but you guys don't like kids. Right, I will say you were 
Thanks. Yeah, and that's without training. So can you imagine if I went pro? <laughs> South Park hat in back. This is for Bryce specifically. How plausible do you think it would be to make either a remake or a sequel of Vulgar with me and the The plausibility of making a sequel or remake of Vulgar with Ming as the Clown. Well, I wouldn't go remake. Um, I mean, he, he couldn't replace O'Halloran, but I would definitely consider... I actually had an idea for a sequel that we, ne that we never did where he, he got busted. And, you know, spoiler alert for a movie that's 20 years old. Um, he, he actually got caught for the murder and uh, spent some time in jail. And uh, when he got out, he was like living on Skid Row and he became a carny, uh, like a, a heroin addicted carny and uh, wanted to like take it from there, like go even darker than than the first one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Ming could be like his his young heroin addicted protege. You know, I would like to see that. You're such a cheery person, Brian. <laughs> I got to say that. I'm oh, in. Get writing. Go to this side of the room over here, right there. Hey, Mike, why is there so little of you on the show? Bad editing, that's why. Um, when you've got a podcast table with Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan, and Kevin Smith, it is impossible to get a word in edgewise, because these guys have a dynamic all their own. And, uh, I mean, through no fault of, of theirs, they're, they've just got that banter down like that. And... Um, I don't know why I'm not doing more transactions, but uh, that's something to take up with the folks at AMC, uh, AMC <laughs> at AMC. So get on that, will you? Thanks, buddy. Well, I think I think it's also a matter of like if if the item needs to be um, described or talked about with knowledge, that's when Mike's there. And if they're like, well, we just want someone to make fun of this person, that's when I'm there. <laughs> And they always want Brian to make fun of somebody. So, yeah, there's that. Is that a Batman shirt back there? No, what are you wearing? Star Wars. Star Wars. Was there a time something um, edited differently so it played out differently in reality as opposed to the show? Something you weren't happy with what you saw podcast? Definitely. Um, the, the Lou Ferrigno episode when um, I... Uh, I'm talking to Lou about well, what I eat for breakfast, and I say I eat um, like six or eight donuts. I what I said was six or eight mini donuts, like you know the little ones, the, like the, the donut gems. And, um, and the the showrunner, who's also the the editor, to break my balls, cut out mini so that I would look, you know. <laughs> Like an even fatter mess than I already am, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hi. Ming, you want to answer that too? Is somebody else coming in here? Who? Is it John Hader? Because, you know, we can... All right, it's not John Hader. All right. Five minutes seems like too short a time. Five minutes? All right, ten. All right. Woo. Ming, do you want to answer that question? Uh, no, um... I think other than that, I think uh, I've been pretty adamant that everything plays out like it like it really did. I mean, that's not true, man. That's well, not true one? at all. Oh yeah, the uh, the bowling episode when you all abandoned me and I'm <laughs> sitting there. We had a different button. Uh, I missed the shot, and that was that was totally realistic. The fate of uh, the stash was in my hands, and I threw a gutter ball, and uh, they abandoned me. Everyone abandoned me, and uh, I just sit there and 
my, my button was, I, I fucking hate those guys. And they would have gone to, but no, that someone at AMC didn't like that. It always comes back to AMC, so. How we doing on that front? All right, good, all right. Uh, red hat and glasses. When, when am I, I'm sorry, what was that? What's your next run? My next run? When, when I'm chased. That's the only time I'll ever run again. No it, friggin' way. It, you can, tired? They, they made me run up a, uh, a goddamn mountain, for God's sake. I didn't prepare for that. I was ready to go flatland. I was like, I'm, and I did. I trained for about a month beforehand, and then, holy crap. It was pretty funny. I was sitting there watching it, and it just like, he starts chugging up like, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> like, goddamn, I can't. Like, ten goddamn, seconds I can't. In, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they had to bring the oxygen out. It was, it was awful. I'm at the top already. I'm yelling. Yeah, he at was you. yelling at me. I was I'm yelling like, at you. You mother, fucker. <laughs> Wasn't that hard? Uh, Batman Dick. shirt all the way in the back. Do you have a favorite, favorite superhero? superhero? Do I have a favorite superhero? Brian Johnson's my superhero. Yeah. <laughs> I love that man. All the way in the back. Is there anything that Robert? Is there anything, uh, anything that Mike that Robert Bruce doesn't know? How about everything? Um, <laughs> no, that dude knows a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he knows a that. lot of the stupidest stuff. I mean, I know really stupid he stuff. He comic stuff. <laughs> he is um, amazingly stupid stuff. So, Rob Bruce and I have a love-hate relationship. It doesn't play out on the show. But in real life, if you listen to our podcast, um, he, he uh, considers himself... Uh, the third in I Sell Comics, which is Ming and my podcast, and he's not. <laughs> so, honestly, though, I, th- I feel like Rob Bruce at times will bullshit, though. Like it, he might not exactly exactly know what he's talking about, and he'll just say stuff. Um, I've seen he, him get called he gets out a paycheck on, for on, that online at times. Yeah, he's good at making it sound convincing, though. That's yeah. a, that's his talent. That's his he true does talent. Sell it. Right there. My favorite ongoing book right now, um, Brian, what are you writing? Oh, wait a minute. No, that was a miniseries. My favorite miniseries is uh, Cryptozoic Man of course, from uh, Dynamite. Yeah. So pick it up at your local comic shop. Be, come on. Give her a straight Oh, you answer. love that one. <laughs> um, my favorite ongoing right now is, um, I'd have to say, Jeff Johns' Justice League. I think, it's, I think he's brilliant. And uh, I'm really digging uh, Marvel's uh, Marvel's current run on Hawkeye. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, I think where they got me was that one issue, told from the perspective of uh, Pizza Dog. It's just, it's just, I thought that was brilliant. Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog. There. <laughs> Good. Right here. I'm championing Rob Bruce's TV show. You know what? Actually, Rob Bruce, uh, I think we can talk about this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, He did a sizzle reel. So the Rob Bruce show might just be a reality for all of you folks out there. And, you know, don't, don't let my, you know, bashing of Rob Bruce turn you up. He's, uh, he is a knowledgeable guy when it comes to pop culture. And the man has the world's largest collection of marbles. Get back here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking about Rob Bruce's marbles <laughs> But uh, hopefully that'll go to uh, like Pilot and we'll see something Right, right there Yep 
When is Wybri coming back to Orlando? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm actually gonna forward Kevin a schedule because we have a bunch of cons lined up. So I'm gonna forward him a schedule to see which cities he may want to do. Um, Orlando, I don't know. I should have told him this time, but it, it didn't occur to me. It's fun, right? It's a fun show. Yeah, uh, I like it. Red hair over there. Oh yeah, I, 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 every time I every time I think I succeed, I hold it against them. I mean, they they don't they, they try not to let me know it, but uh, I, uh, you know, you never know if anything's going to work till you try it. So. And Meng, you have a really really loose definition of uh, success. Oh, um, so. success is relative. That that was one of the um, that was one of those moments where the that season's producers tried to spin it. They wanted like they they Here wanted so desperately for Ming to win, um, you know, like make a whole bunch of money and stuff. And the resolution was that you didn't, right? No, I made like seventy dollars. Made like seventy bucks, yeah. Which in reality, but they wanted they they literally wanted to lie and say like, oh, he made three hundred bucks, and Walt like Walt was supposed to fucking bow to him and all shit, <laughs> and Walt said, fuck that. Walt said, "Why? Why? What, like, why do I have to lose?" He was like, "If if this is his suggestion, this is what he wants to do. Go ahead." Um, but uh, I'm I'm not gonna allow the outcome to be fake and make me look like a dickhead at the same time. Um, I'm not I'm not in that one. That, that that day, I remember they called me in at like nine in the morning, and uh, by four o'clock, I I was still sitting there. I hadn't done anything, and I'm like, "How about I do this? I wanted to bombing with water balloons from across the street." I wanted to, there were, I had a couple different ideas and they just, they, the, the second season producers didn't like me at all. So they, um, they, they excluded me from it, said no. I, I, I actually stole one of his comics at a certain point without him knowing. And it was, it was supposed, it was a valuable one. They, they didn't want to show that, you know? Idiots. <laughs> right here, white shirt. Well, I love the show, love the podcast. Uh, who's got that loud walrus laugh that echoes throughout my living uh, that would be Walt That's Flanagan. Walt. Yeah. It's Walt Flanagan. <laughs> it, uh, that laugh grows on you. When you hear that laugh, uh, I know life is okay. Mm. Y- yellow hat in the back. Favorite what? Favorite vehicle that came in the stash? Um, I loved the uh, the General Lee. That was awesome. The Batmobile was really cool, too. It had to be the Batmobile. The guy let me drive it. Um, it uh, I, and I drove it at three miles an hour because right before I got in, he's like, "Well, you know, I paid one hundred forty thousand dollars for this." He's like, "Be careful with it." So I mean, I, you can't open it up after a guy tells you that. For yeah, me, it, you for can't. Me, I did. Yeah, for me, it was the limo that me and Stan rode around in. <laughs> uh, Florida geek scene right here. Um, this is just kind of a bit of an off the wall question. Um, what is the question? I, I don't even know how to repeat that question. I, <laughs> if, if we were able to look back in time at the Big Bang Theory, if I saw a hand. Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck Yeah, is I would that? definitely stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'd oh my God, George Pettis is right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you asking? Would it be what? giving me the finger? Would it be like, 
Screw you. <laughs> Are you? Is your question? Would you guys be surprised if you found out for a fact that God exists? Is that your answer? Question? <laughs> yeah, I'd be oh, surprised. This is all you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we have time for one more question. Red, right there. Either one. Oh, do you mean? Oh, do you mean? Do we have signals to each other? Um, Are better, lesser, uh, if there's real money involved, Walt will handle that, or he'll let me handle it. And yeah, he'll just push me aside yeah, and be like, "What the hell are you doing? Under What's wrong with you?" <laughs> yes, you're a demand, Ming. <laughs> yes, sir. You guys, you guys want to wrap it up, or you want to keep going? Yeah. Anybody else have a question? Uh, who, I'm just trying to find somebody who hasn't gone. Who hasn't gone? Who hasn't gone? There's you. Wolverine in the back. Uh, you're asking. You, we do cast everything that comes in, but is um, money negotiable or is it set? Uh, everything is negotiable. All the negotiations are set. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. All the negotiations are real. Everything is, um, everything you see that we do. Humana, humana, humana. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, you're going to. Um, everything that you see, uh, is real. That's the money that changes hand right there. Yeah, the Boom, price that they want for it, the ridiculous price they want for it, that's what Yeah, everybody comes in, you know, with, um, you know, those, those champagne dreams and, and they ain't getting it. Right here. You had one. Right? Uh, in the Lou Ferrigno episode, is that, that really episode what happened? The Lou Ferrigno episode, <laughs> uh, the picture of me. The, the before picture. Mm-hmm. She would have done me. What, that old lady? <laughs> mm-hmm. But even at this weight, I wouldn't have done her. <laughs> <laughs> What happened? I mean, if you honest, if you want the honest answer, um, I have at times severe depression, and I start stop giving a shit, and like sometimes it's for like years at a time. So like back then, I was in a good place. Uh, me and I just quit the stash, which probably elevated my mood. Uh, the merchandising, um, and Mosier, Scott Mosier, my friend and I went to. Um, we went on a trip we had been planning for over a year. We uh, went to Australia for 10 days and uh, hiked around. We went to, then we went to New Zealand for three weeks and then we went to Fiji for another week. So like when those pictures were taken, we were hiking anywhere from five to 12 miles a day and um, feeling good when I got back. I kept it up for a while, but, uh, my knee got bad and I started, um, taking the doctor started giving me Percocet for it. And, um, 
I didn't stop taking the Percocet for years, you know? And, um, it was weird because it was one of those things where, all right, everybody, it's serious. Fucking drug time. Drug, uh, this is your brain on drugs. Um, I knew that like, uh, opiates were addictive, obviously, but I genuinely believed like, well, I can't get, I won't get addicted to them. I don't have an addictive personality. I've never been addicted to anything. And, uh, and you know, I drank, I, I take Adderall by prescription and you know, it's, it's like a molecule away from methamphetamine and, um, I can take it for six months straight. And then if I stop taking it one day, it doesn't bother me at all, but the opiates were different because like I've had depression my entire life and, and the, the opiates made it seem like everything was okay. So why not take it? And I, and I genuinely believed in the beginning. I was like, why would they not prescribe this for people with depression? It it works better than any antidepressant I ever took. I mean, I found out why after I was spending $2,000 a week trying to buy them on the street, you know? Um, so to answer your question, I had a severe drug problem. I'm horribly depressed and hate myself. And that's why I'm fat. <laughs> you feel better about yourself, pal? <laughs> All right. Do I give a shit now? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Uh, my uh, Really, the, there are times, honestly, like my niece, Sage, I don't know if you know who she is. I talk about her on Tell Him Steve Dave. If you, She's been in every season of Comic Book Men, most, most prominently in the first season when I got the tattoo of her as a zombie on my arm. Um, I can... I, I, I say with 100% no bullshit, like if it wasn't for that little kid, like I wouldn't be sitting up here today. Like, she is the reason. But I... <laughs> oh, sure. Do you have a Hulk, do you have a Hulk 181 to go with it? <laughs> uh, right here. Uh, this question is right. When Kevin was making clerks, were you, did you kind of, like, always believe in it? Were you, like, you money? When Kev was making clerks, did I believe in it, or did I think he was wasting his money? Um... I didn't think he was wasting his money. I, I, like, as you know, I wasn't involved because we were sort of, uh, fighting. Yeah. In a, in a fight at the time. But I knew a hundred percent that whatever he made was going to be, was going to be fantastic because I had read so much of his stuff before we took creative writing classes together. And I mean, obviously he's like the funniest guy I've ever met in my life. And, um, it sucked to not be a part of it. But at the same time, you know, I'm a stubborn, proud dickhead. So is he. So it just wasn't going to happen that I was going to go apologize or whatever. Um, and in retrospect, it's like, it's fine because things worked out anyway. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a more interesting story than I was there every day. And he, he said he based the Randall character on me. He wanted me to play Randall, but uh, it's, it's good that I didn't because Jeff is so good at it and I wouldn't have been nearly as, as good as he is in Clark. So it would have been a different movie and it's, it's actually better, you know, but yeah, that never for a second was I like, have fun paying off that credit card debt. You'll it'll never, yeah, no, I'd, I'd never felt that way about him. No matter what that guy does, eh, maybe Jersey girl. Has <laughs> <laughs> the being on the show helped? Has has the show hurt or or helped our relationships? Oh, our 
Uh, I, th- I think it's probably about the same. Um, I, Walt's, I, Walt, I think, feels like there's a mass exodus. Something better must be going on. <laughs> uh, I feel like, um, like Walt might get tired of being around people that much. Um, I, I feel, I have the same feelings, you know, as it hasn't hurt anybody's relationship. It's not like, you know, we're like the Beatles, we're all successful and we're going to start infighting and shit, you know, it's, I think it's fine. It doesn't force you guys. Force us to interact? Nah. Nah. That's the thing, like, people genuinely believe that, some people genuinely believe, like, Ming and I, like, if they see us in public together, like, we, we, we took our kids <laughs> to a little zoo, and the dude's, like, astonished that we're hanging out. And I'm like, the dude it's, almost fell on the floor. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like, it, dude, it's TV. Like, he's been my friend for 15 years. Like, I love this guy. Like, I, nothing I say is sincere. You're like, you know, it's just, it's ball breaking. And if if you're a dude, you get it. And if you're from Jersey, you get it. You know, totally get it. Um, but some people, I think, are just like, I I don't know people like you that say the things you do to other people and don't either get hit or <laughs> shot or you know, written off. But yeah, I, I think the relationships are all pretty good. Last question? That's sure, it. one more, and then that's it. Right there. Yeah. Are you all from Jersey? Oh, yeah. I'm, are, you all from uh, are we all from Jersey? I was uh, born and raised in Jersey. Brian and uh, Walt. Me, Walt, Kevin, and Muse um, are all from the... Well, me, Kevin, and Muse are from the same town. Walt moved to our town in fifth grade. So, what's up? What exit? Yeah, never heard uh, that one. Thanks. Nah. <laughs> and uh, I've been in Jersey for the last uh, 12 years. Prior to that, I'd been all over L.A. Uh, so he's a true Jersey Midwest. girl. That's yeah. <laughs> all right. I want to thank everybody so, for coming. Thanks yeah. for thanks, watching. <laughs> Give a round of applause for these guys. Thank you, everybody. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.